But for the want of 24 hours and the, the winter storm, we may not have gathered, but we have. Praise God for that. May our, may our work tonight be work that's done on behalf of those who cannot join us here or perhaps join any assembly anywhere. May our work be for them. Things began to change when Christ was born. If you read any of the Chronicles of Narnia to your children or grandchildren as they were growing up, you remember that he, he suggests, Lewis suggests that the interminable dark winter of Narnia begins to thaw when the long-awaited one breaks onto the scene. John the Baptist spoke of the coming kingdom of God, and in Jesus you see this light of the kingdom coming near. You can see a change that's coming in the unusual star of wonder approaching from the east. You can hear the change that's breaking in as angels gather a choir. It's the power of the coming reign of God that moves the shepherds to pilgrimage. It's the mystery of the now but not yet that moves the laboring Mary to Bethlehem. And it's the mercy of the kingdom, the mercy of the kingdom that breaks through in the innkeeper's offer of hospitality. It's the coming grace of the kingdom that inspires the whole song of all creation tonight Things are beginning to change as Christ is born. In, in, in this child, this one particular child, God's only son, heaven has touched the earth and earth will never be the same again. Now, how will it be different, you might ask? Well, this past Sunday, you could begin to see the difference it makes in the Christmas pageant at Christ Church. The the would-be Mary had waited for years to play her role. She had asked to be Mary over and over again, only to be thwarted by an additional two-year COVID pause. The newest baby in the cathedral congregation stepped up into the role of the baby Jesus. And, and as can happen, about halfway through the pageant, shortly after the kings arrived with gifts in hand, the stand-in baby Jesus had just about had enough. <laughs> he was sort of beginning to thrash about and finally got a hold of a wad of Mary's hair. And in that moment, the parents there on the front pew knew something had to change, something had to give here. So they stepped up, swooped up the baby Jesus, took him back to the front pew, and Anna Russell... The, the director of children's ministry, the canon for children's ministry, the, 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 the producer of the pageant had anticipated such a possibility. And as the baby was pulled away to the front pew, the would-be Mary reached her hands underneath the straw and pulled out a plastic baby Jesus <laughs> that then was cradled just as the first and the pageant was able to carry on. Now, as, 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 as the levity of that moment was delightful, but frankly, there was an earlier moment that was the inspiring one. That moment of Mary meeting the would-be Jesus. That was the one that inspired and encouraged beyond measure. Mary and baby were not from the same family. The stand-in Mary, 15, was not an experienced mother, but she held him just as naturally as any mother. 
and she beamed at the baby. The baby beamed at her, and looking at the photographs this morning, it was even true for Joseph, looking sort of across the manger at Mary. He has this kind of gaze in his eye that is wholly attentive on the child. Truly, it was a moment that lifted you up and helped remind you what the first encounter with the God-man must have been like. Never before that night in Bethlehem was the love of God so displayed. Never before had the body of a child, of a human, the, the stuff of broken humanity, been asked to hold the very presence of God. The body of Christ, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, the body of Christ, the melding of heaven and banished earth, this body of Christ is your saving. It is your salvation. Did you despair that God had forgotten you? Did you despair or think that you were somehow unlovable or perhaps unforgivable? Had you lost yourself in the ways of life? Well, this body, this body of Christ, this God child, this baby is your grace, your healing, your restoration. I say it's a big deal. It is a very big deal. And in no way do I resent with some sociologists, TV evangelists, and many Latter-day priests who all together lament the commercialization of Christmas. Not me. Certainly many have forgotten that this feast is a feast of the world's salvation when the agent of God's forgiveness is come down to earth. Certainly there are those who love the red and green but would rather not come to the altar today. I say, bless them. Bless all of them, and please leave their stockings at the chimney, for those very stockings may yet provide a glimpse of the brilliant brilliance that you're coming to know as the kingdom of heaven, the body of Christ, the salvation of the world. Come closer to this crib. Lean over. Drink in the, the wonder of his face. Ask to hold him. Tighten the swaddling bands around him. Rock him in your arms. Sing to him. Love him. Cherish him. Delight in him as he delights in the wonder of his mother's face and yours. Can you see the hope of the world reflected in his countenance? Do you see how he has his father's eyes? Do you see how he favors his mother? When Christians, maybe especially pious Christians, when Christians talk about the imitation of Christ, we often think about Christ's humility or his self-sacrifice or his pursuit of holiness or his knowledge of the scriptures. We think about all of these things. But if you've been made members of his body by baptism and the confession of faith, then what are you to be taught by the body of the Christ child? As you look over the edge of the major, do you see his poverty and yours? He's wholly dependent on the love of father and mother. He'll wear no clothing not wrapped about him by his midwife. 
He'll eat no food but from his mother's breast. He's vulnerable to cold, to heat, to the misguided farm animal looking for food. He will live by his father's love. He will survive by the blessed mother's insistent advocacy. And so too you. You will live by the father's love and the insistent advocacy of the blessed mother. Now, the birth of a baby, really almost any baby, it's enough to make you believe just by itself. Earlier in Advent, coming out of church, David Payne, I, I'm sharing this with you with his permission, David Payne approached me and, and, had, and had great news, eager to share the good news of having become a grandfather. I remember the pictures he had to show, how proud he was. The grandbaby, preacher's license now, who bounced into the world, smiling, big lips, gorgeous lips, great hair, amazing style, <laughs> as only David's grandchild might have. Amazing style. This, this sharing was a moment that made me want to shout with joy. A baby was born. Another was born and it's time to celebrate. It's almost enough, all by itself to make you believe the birth of a baby, any baby. Do you remember that feeling when your son or daughter or niece or nephew or grandchild was born? Now imagine the birth of God's son Imagine the joy of all creation. Yes, the, the joy you feel on the days when your children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews were born, they serve to point us to the extraordinary brilliance of the Christ child's birth. I say, let there be no tempering of the celebration. Do not cut back for fear the feast may lose its focus. Let go with an unbridled shout. Shake the hand, hug the neck. And let, let go with the fireworks. Let them explode. Give from your pocket to the poor. Give from your heart to your neighbor. And do not neglect the gift of joy and wonder in all creation that you may offer this day the best to the Father of all lights. For today is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.